Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and answer your question, should I watch this? My name is BJ. And my name is Me Too. And this week, we're checking out a new Apple TV Plus series, Dickinson. So stay tuned to the end to find out if BJ is secretly a poet, and we don't even know it. I did take a poetry class in the summer after freshman year, and I got a lot of great feedback from my classmates and the professor. Oh, I love that. You are such a strong creative writer. Thank you. Are you? No. That's unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) I can creatively describe what happened in this pilot episode. And by that, I mean, just let y'all know what the show's about. I would love that. Please do. Dickinson centers around the life of Emily Dickinson. She's played by Haley Steinfeld, who also executive produces the show. Emily is our protagonist. And before she became the famed writer whose work we all knew and studied in school, she was a teenager who was just trying to navigate life and angst and balancing her needs with what her parents want for her. We meet her sister Lavinia, the obedient and overlooked child played by Anna Baryshnikov, her brother Austin, played by Adrian Ensko, her father Edward, played by Toby Huss, and her best friend slash Austin's bride-to-be, Sue Gilbert, whose entire family is dead. She's played by Ella Hunt. And her mother, Mrs. Dickinson, who is just trying to get her daughter married off because the clock is ticking, who is played by Jane Krakowski. And of course, there's George Gould, who pines after Emily and their friends, and he publishes her poetry in his new paper The Indicator, and he's played by Samuel Farnsworth. With this series and this look at Dickinson's life, one of the cool things is that Apple and the team behind this series are putting a modern twist on things by incorporating modern music and modern language every now and then. What do you think of this re-envisioning of Dickinson's life? It's really fun. So I thought I was going to be anti, but it's cute. It's fun to see rap music and hoop skirts and Emily's brother saying things like, I'm psyched for that. I actually liked it more than I was expecting. And I think it makes it, and unfortunately, I think this is necessary nowadays, it makes it more approachable for today's audience. Yeah. And it makes Emily more relatable. She was so ahead of her own time that adding these modern twists really feels natural for her character. Wow, that is such a good point. We can talk about some of the similarities in her life because the show pulls pretty directly from her writing about her own experiences and how the show portrays her life. So Emily has a crush on her best friend, Sue. From the writer's work, we're pretty sure that she had feelings for Sue. We're not sure if they acted on them. On the show, they go for it more blatantly, which is (laughs) great because you can more clearly tell the story of a woman in that time who was attracted to other women and how difficult that was. Yeah, combined with the fact that your mother is constantly looking to find you a husband. It's so sad that Mrs. Dickinson, her mother, refuses to hire a maid just so she could be the best possible wife for her husband, Edward. That's the biggest world that she can imagine for her daughter, which is absolutely of the time that her daughter can also, I think she said, work her skin raw in service of her husband. Yeah, what other goals are there for women? 
the other aspect that is pulled from her writing is her relationship with her father. On the show, he's portrayed as very puritanical, a member of the Whig party, had some political leanings. The actual Emily Dickinson writes about that as well. Though on the show, he is a little obsessed with her. And I'm not sure that's evident in her writing. It's interesting that he blatantly shows favoritism towards her over her siblings and over his own wife. As long as Emily doesn't break the one rule of don't publish, she can do whatever she wants. Which is quite the rule. But women aren't to be published. And so she would be ruining the Dickinson name. But she finds out from another character who I was not expecting, Death, that in 200 years, she is going to be the one to raise the fame of the Dickinson name. What did you think of the incorporation of her obsession with death as an actual character and recurring dream-like sequence? Like you said, Beach Emily Dickinson was, <laughs> I'm talking about her like she's my friend, Am was ahead <laughs> of her time. Apparently in a lot of her writing, she has a very sarcastic take on religion. It could be rebellion against her father and his puritanical beliefs, but she had some sarcastic views on the concept of God, the concepts of organized religion, and the concept of judgment like Judgment Day. And she wrote about death a lot. So I could see the show taking those concepts and I may be giving it a lot and instead more blatantly portraying them as this death character whom she interacts with. I like that the show takes the gentler way that she wrote about things because we just didn't have as much language. There are terms for experiences and people now that we just didn't have even 10, 20, 30 years ago. So it's cool that this show can take what she experienced, her potential feelings for her best friend, her feelings around religion and death, and put this modern spin on it so we can honor the experience of this powerful young woman. I like that they're not hiding any of the subtleties to Emily Dickinson. We know a lot about her and we infer a lot about her from her writing. They've gone ahead and taken all of those elements. They're making them approachable and understandable aspects of her personality, her interests, her life. They've made Emily a character that a modern person can relate to, which also makes me wonder, put yourself in the mind of someone of this era. How do you think you would have felt about Emily then? Because now in the modern era, we all appreciate appreciate and love the work she did. I don't know that if I were in America in that time, wow. <laughs> I would have been allowed to read her poetry. I guess there's some more subtleties to that question <laughs> I glossed over. But yes, I can see how she got a lot of pushback. As a woman, she did some daring things. The way that we're taught about Emily Dickinson is she was this reclusive hermit who didn't speak to people, didn't get out much, didn't interact. And so while that may have been true, it's great to see her ideas so aggressive played out. It's a cool take on the reclusive personality because you can be very introverted, but still on the inside, you have this big personality. You still are interested in the world and in people.
people around you and in seeing and doing things. You just don't want to see and do those things with all the people in the world. Which is fair. What did you think of the production? Because like we said with The Morning Show, this is another great example of Apple using their billions of dollars to really make an amazing looking TV series. I tend to not like period dramas or period anything, but this was so fun to watch. And I think a lot of that goes to, of course, the great portrayals. Haley Steinfeld is great in this role, but also it was just shot so beautifully. The music was so fun. The pacing was fun. It just kept you interested. They kept your interest. They had a good flow. And also speaking of period pieces, I felt like this was a brighter show, literally, because there are a lot of times where when you're in a setting that's a candle lit environment, it can just be very dim. And it probably was very dim back then. But they give the viewers the benefit of brightening things up a little bit more so we can see everything that's going on. Shout out to Game of Thrones, where I missed 70% of that show and had to turn the brightness on my TV all the way up every time I watched it. But then as soon as I went to watch something else, I'd be like, whoa, why are these people like this? So thank you, Dickinson, for not going that route. Mm -hmm. In this first episode, the basic premise is that Emily's mom keeps bringing her different suitors for her to hopefully get married off. Her mom also contends with Austin proposing to Emily's best friend, Sue, and she contends with her husband potentially running for office. So all of these are in relation to other people. Mm -hmm. Do you think that we'll get to know Mrs. Dickinson on her own? Because I love Jane Krakowski and she's so fun in her moments, but I wonder if we'll get to see where she is the center of a story. Because it's such a fresh memory, I can see her character having somewhat of a similar arc to her character in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, where she's lived this life where everyone saw her in this one way, and then there's going to be some dramatic event, whether it's due to Emily or Edward, and then we'll see an emotional breakdown from her. Unlike her character on Kimmy Schmidt, she's not about to be a single woman living her best. But I can see there being a moment where we see what's behind her facade of the perfect housewife and that there probably is more to her. And maybe that'll even help her and Emily bond in a future scene. Or someone to remember Lavinia exists. Well, Lavinia is good at doing chores, so we don't have to worry about her. I also wonder how the relationship with Emily Dickinson's father will play out because he's shown to be a bit obsessed with her in this first episode, but his values and what he expects of people in society around him run so contrary to her beliefs and values. Mm -hmm. And apparently the actual Emily Dickinson lived with her father until she died. So I don't know if she was a little miffed the whole time dealing with him or if they had this close relationship. Where do you think it's going on the show? They're probably going to keep it in a more positive and happy relationship where he recognizes that Emily is more of a rebel, but he still loves her as long as she stays in some boundaries that he sets. But he's going to provide wider boundaries for her than society does. And then she's probably going to play with that, push those buttons, see how far she can take things. But at the end of the day, he's just going to be a little pissed, but then forgive her and then they'll still love each other. That's real. With her relationship with Sue. So it's a period drama, but it's a modern 
take. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they'll get to come together on this show or we'll just have to be subjected to a really sad outcome there? I think it's going to be a really sad outcome. Yeah. I don't see them doing any revisionist history with this series since they were so upfront with that relationship. I do think we might see an ongoing affair. Maybe that's the happiest ending they could ask for. I mean, or Emily could just move on. But, you know, that's not easy. What I also love about the show is it takes teenage struggle seriously. Young people go through real things and they're often dismissed. And on this show, she is portrayed as ridiculous. It is difficult to feel sorry for someone who is of a wealthy family in this time, especially when she says a line like, sometimes I feel like a slave. It's quite ridiculous for someone to say that when she earlier in the episode had watched a black man working in a field. But I like that it takes everyone's emotions seriously. It takes Sue seriously in her conflict between Emily and Austin. It takes Austin seriously in his conflict with whether or not to work for his father's law firm. It takes what they're experiencing seriously. These are real emotions. And that's probably what is resonating with us as the viewers. Being in love with someone who you can't be with, having to deal with parents who don't agree with the future that you want for yourself, feeling like you have no options or limited options. So you go with what you got or struggling. And so you're just trying to make a better life for yourself. If that means marrying into this family that has money, because you have no family, except a cousin in Detroit. who I guess is not that important. Not at all. Prior to the premiere of this series, it was already renewed for a second season. Oh. How much of Emily's life do you think they're going to cover in this season and in the series as a whole? Because I imagine they want to keep Haley Steinfeld as Emily for the entire series. What's great about choosing Emily Dickinson as the person that you center your show around is we have thousands and thousands of texts from her that you can extrapolate experiences from. There are entire museums dedicated to this figure. So there is no loss for stories. I'd also love to see the portrayal of her life and her father as a wig in the midst of the Civil War. Mm -hmm. They started to tease that in the first episode about him saying that the Union should stay together at all costs, though he personally believes that slavery is bad. He wouldn't be so radical as to say he's an abolitionist. And I think it would be interesting to see them debate over that or just interact with that at all. They have a lot of interesting directions that they can take this series. I'd also love to see her relationship with Sue develop further and further and further. (laughs) That is my favorite relationship on the show so far. They're so great playing off each other. Even though you know there isn't an ideal ending for those two. There's no happy ending, but Ella Hunt and Haley Steinfeld just have great chemistry as these two people. Your heart breaks for them. So do you want to head into our final ratings? Yeah, Beach, what would you give Apple TV Plus's Dickinson? I would rate Dickinson would watch again seriously. Oh! I was drawn in by this pilot. It's only a half an hour episode, technically 35-ish minutes. And I really like the modern twist. And I like the modern elements that they're subtly incorporating, brightening up 
her perspective, and it just resonated with me as something that could be fun to continue watching. Listeners, if you're looking for a good dark comedy, if you're looking for a period piece, and you're not a period piece person like me, this show is for you. I would watch again seriously as well. Not in the sense that I intend to binge the rest of the episodes, but I certainly intend to watch all of them and would recommend the same to our listeners. It's 10 episodes. They're half an hour each. This pilot it was so fun and I'm excited to see where it goes. So if you want to check out more of our recommendations, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com and you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms. Be sure to leave us a rating and review. It helps others discover us and consider supporting us at patreon.com slash thepilotpod for exclusive content. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at thepilotpod. You can like us on Facebook at the Pilot Podcast. You can send thoughts, feelings, your favorite poems to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and any shows you want us to do next, winter is coming when we can do a few more of those. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.